Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and eject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Hello, beautiful happiness hackers, and welcome to episode number 63 of the Hacking Happy Podcast. I'm Penny Lacasso, your host, and I'm excited to continue a conversation today. Last week, in the episode, we spoke about the trends I am seeing in my psychology research around burnout in working women off the back of COVID-19, especially working mums. And after publishing my most recent assignment as a white paper and sharing it on the likes of LinkedIn, it's gone a bit insane in terms of the response that it's creating and the number of women that are actually saying, this is me. So I wanted to continue on with this topic this week, but this time I want to shift the focus. I want to focus on what the psychology says about why working mums feel so exhausted all the time. I want to talk about what the psychology says in terms of why dealing with this feeling of exhaustion and burnout in working mums is of urgent concern, especially if you are one, why you need to do something about it. And I want to help you. If you are one of these exhausted working mums, I want to help you to start putting your own oxygen mask on first and do it without guilt. And that's why this week's episode is entitled How to Put Your Own Oxygen Mask on First Without Feeling Guilty. So as always, I want to start with a little story. And this story is of Beth. Now, you very well might know a Beth. Beth is a professional working woman, and it's likely she's got a family at home. She's operating in overdrive and feeling like she's quite literally walking over her body's warning signals. She's struggling to set boundaries when there is just so much that needs to be done at work, at home, and in life. She finds herself wide-eyed in the middle of the night wondering, is this it? How much is enough? And what am I walking into tomorrow? She then wakes exhausted no matter how much sleep she's had. She can find herself sitting on Zoom calls whilst flexible working for 10-hour stints in a day. And sadly, she's done this for so long, it's actually become unconscious in terms of how detrimental these long stints on Zoom are to both her mental and her physical health. She keeps telling herself, when all this is done, then I'll make time for me and my dreams. But the reality is for Beth, it's never all done, and she just keeps moving herself and her dreams to the bottom of her to-do list. She tells me, no matter how fast I run or how hard I try, I just can't keep up. Frankly, Beth is on the burnout superhighway, where post-COVID, sadly, it is peak hour every day when it comes to working women. The truth is Beth is so busy she hasn't even noticed her oxygen mask 
has literally fallen off when she needs it most. Now, I wonder if you're listening, if any of this resonates. I wonder if you know Beth or whether perhaps Beth could be you. So with that in mind, let's take a deeper dive into what's going on for Beth by applying the psychological theory on the conservation of resources. Now, yes, it sounds like a big academic term, and it is, but before you switch off, don't. Yeah, I'm not going to get all technical on you. I'm going to take what the science says and translate it into something short, simple, and meaningful. That is what I pride myself on with my studies, is taking the academic, evidence-based, science-backed literature and turning it into something meaningful that you can actually use. So here goes. Here's how this conservation of resources theory works in the context of Beth's situation. So quite simply, you, if you are Beth or Beth, is just one human. And as one human, we all have just 24 hours in a day, like everybody else. So what happens with this theory is when you wake at the start of the day, you have a level of mental and physical resources available to you. Think of those resources a little bit like the phone battery on your mobile phone. How you choose to use them will determine whether those resources are depleted or recharged each day. The charge battery, like on your phone, goes into warning mode to let you know that your battery's about to go flat and literally, if it was your phone, it's going to switch off. Now, normally that would be a signal to go and whack the phone back on the charger, but that's not what we do when it comes to our own resources, be they mental and physical. What happens is many of us ignore the warning signal from our body and our brain and push on, only to wake the next day feeling exhausted and wondering why the battery that we have is already half empty before the day has begun. And the reason for this is it's because we forgot to put ourselves on recharge yesterday, quite literally. The more you avoid the recharge needed in each day, the more likely you are to fall into chronic stress, both mentally and physically. And if we go back to the phone analogy, you and I both know you can't just drop into the phone shop and grab a new mind and body to fix the problem like you can with a burnt out phone. So my question to you is this, what are you doing to recharge your batteries each day? Where is the me time, dare I say it, the self-care in your day? Because quite simply, that is what the theory around conservation of resources is about. It speaks to the fact that you have limited resources in each day. And if you don't recharge those limited resources, you are like Beth on the fast track to burnout. And that is where chronic stress evolves and a whole host of other health issues and potentially an impact on your longevity as a human. That is what the science tells us. So back to my question, what are you doing to recharge your batteries each day? Where is the self-care in your day? Where is the frequency of it? I'm guessing for some of you listening that it's non-existent. 
it, like you, is at the bottom of your to-do list and something that perhaps you never get around to. So let's talk about self-care and why it is so critical to your ability to be able to operate productively and I suppose energetically and healthily throughout the day. Self-care is defined as a conscious intentional act that actually elevates one's well-being. The more you invest in self-care, the greater the resilience you build to navigate life stresses that are ever-present, the ones that you can't control. When you invest in self-care, I'm just going to say this again, the science shows it increases your resilience to be able to navigate the uncertainty that life throws at you that you can't control in a way that doesn't stress you to the max. A daily investment in your mind and your body through self-care is an investment in living your best life. Quite literally, that is what it is. Research has shown that a consistent self-care practice can actually reduce anxiety, depression, stress, and burnout whilst increasing energy, happiness, and elevating the relationships that you have. Sadly, though, what I see a lot of at the moment with the likes of the Beths that are out there is a loss of oxygen. Oxygen in the context of energy, of these, a loss of these resources due to excessive expectations on oneself. And those expectations sit around these kind of themes. Beth tells me as she moves through her day, I need to make sure that I keep everyone happy, do everything perfectly and make sure I don't fail. People-pleasing, perfectionism, and an absolute fear of failure are consistent themes that present in Beth's every day and they are often what fast-tracks her into overdrive and burnout. This perfectionistic people-pleaser tells me that they've lost their spark, their motivation, their energy, their happiness, and in Beth's words, I feel like a rubber band about to snap. Hey there, thought I'd just press pause for a moment and ask you a question. I wonder if like I used to, you use work as a form of escapism to avoid feelings that bubble under the surface and whisper to you constantly, this is not the life I want to live. But what if it doesn't have to be this way? What if I told you you could bounce out of bed feeling confident in your path because you know what action to take to feel aligned and in motion with the life you long for. If you'd like to do this year differently, shift gears into freedom mode, let your priorities drive your time, not the other way around, feel courageous and confident in uncertainty and holistically supported on the journey, Flourish Forward Coaching might be right for you. Go to flourishforwardcoaching.com to book a discovery call today. She also tells me that she longs to live in the version of herself that she wants to be rather than in the expectations of what others think she should be. And again, I wonder if any of this resonates. And sadly, it's at this point that she realises in her conversation with me that, again, her oxygen mask has fallen off and she tells me she's not quite sure how to put it back on. The reality is when the batteries are so low, yeah, when the batteries are so low, the best thing you can do is just start. Start small, start simple. Keep it achievable in each day and then build 
from there. You need to look. If you are Beth, you need, you have to. It is critical that you start looking at self-care like you look at how you exercise or how you eat. It is fundamental to your survival and your ability to grow into that human that you want to be. So where do you start? Well, according again to the science, ideally at the beginning of the day, the evidence suggests that if you do the hard stuff first, it's more effective in making it a habit. And let's be honest, self-care for most of us is freaking hard. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it and I wouldn't be here having this conversation. Put a recurring meeting in your diary at a time, a start time that works for you at the front end of the day. Now, here's the thing. Start simple, right? It only needs to be 10 minutes. If you can allow 15, fabulous. But 10 minutes for self-care at the start of the day is enough to start to make a shift if you're doing nothing at the moment. Now, the boundary condition around this self-care that you undertake at the start of the day is that it has to be something that recharges you mentally or physically. And ideally, you want to do something in both realms during the day. So here are a couple of really simple ideas, really simple. And there are loads more ideas out there. If you Google self-care, you'll be blown away. And you'll also be blown away at the amount of research around how critical this is to your overall health. So a couple of ideas. Where do we start? Okay. Now, the first trick that I want to give you is don't say to yourself before you start this self-care task and putting it in your diary don't say to yourself this is just another job to add to an already overflowing to-do list self-care you need to reframe and what i mean by this is self-care is not a job like all the things on your to-do list it is an investment in your energy tell yourself that what i am doing is recharging my battery so that i can actually tackle all the things on my to-do list in a way that is energetically charged, in a way where I don't feel depleted before I begin. So here are the ideas around putting your oxygen mask on and not feeling guilty about it and putting that oxygen mask on first before you put anyone else's on. Take a walk in the park. Take a walk around the streets. Again, it only has to be 10 minutes. It's better than nothing. Journal by a window and watch the sunrise or just have the sunshine on you as you journal. You might want to, I'll pop in the show notes if you want to try out journaling. And again, if you're one of these people like, oh, journaling's not for me. I hear this all the time. I would challenge you to have a listen to the podcast that I'm going to pop in the show notes that I recorded a little while back, which is a completely different take on journaling. It's not dear diary stuff. It's all about just getting out what is inside that perhaps you're not processing and allowing yourself to start the day with a clear head and a present mind. Jump on Yoga for Adrian. get on YouTube or Facebook and search her up and just choose a short yoga sequence that works for you but gets your body moving and flowing. It's a beautiful way to recharge your batteries. Download the app Insight Timer. I love this, right? Again, if you're someone who's tried meditation, you might want to try the Insight Timer app because there is a style of meditation that works for literally everyone. There are thousands on there and there's options from five-minute meditations through to hours. You choose and you choose the style that works for you. Read a book that you've been dying to read. Start the day reading a book for pleasure, 10 to 15 minutes. Game changer. 
Set an intention for the day, write it down, and then close your eyes for a couple of minutes and visualise what a great day would look like. Now, there's a brilliant behavioural psychologist out of Stanford University. He's one of the best in the world. His name is BJ Fogg, well worth a look. And he did a lot of research around a little hack, this idea of starting a day a great way, called the Maui habit. And what his research showed was that those people that woke in the morning and the first thing they said to themselves is, today is going to be a great day, found that they were more energized and happier throughout the day. So maybe that's the start of your self-care practice, just waking up and before your feet touch the ground, try the Maui habit and just say to yourself, today is going to be a great day. I have been playing with this for well over a year now and seriously, it's amazing how it impacts your mindset as you move through the day. Now, this one is a little bit longer, but well worth the investment. Write down a list of the tasks you do in a day and star the ones that take the most energy out of you. Become aware of what is sucking the most energy out of you. And then brainstorm a couple of ideas around how you could shift the energy that they require. Could you get some help with that task? Could you delegate that task? Could you stop doing it? What would happen if you did? Awareness is the first step to change, and I say this over and over again. So just understanding what is draining your energy provides a beautiful opportunity to start to change it or look at where you do it in your day. If something requires a lot of energy and it's really important, front end it. Put it in the start of the day so it doesn't distract you and hang over you for the rest of the day. Also, you can inject a little self-care at the end of the day with similar sets of activities or you could add a hobby like maybe drawing before you go to bed. I colour in. I've got one of those beautiful colouring books. These are just other forms of self-care and meditative activities that are really good at decompressing and recharging your batteries. And it doesn't have to be what I suggest. There's so many other things out there that might work for you. Lastly, sleep. Sleep is foundational to self-care. It is like the number one most important thing and getting enough of it is critical. So try setting an alarm before bedtime and actually creating a little 10-minute bedtime ritual that signals it's time for you to recharge. I burn a little oil in my room. I write down a couple of gratitudes in a notebook that I have next to my bed and then I switch off. Really simple really small, but again, just a lovely little recharge activity before you close for the day. So just pick one. Find anything that you can do in 10 minutes at the start of the day and experiment with it for a week and build from there. But any self-care, any self-care, my friend, is better than none in terms of dealing or helping you to deal with the level of exhaustion you might be feeling. We need to recharge our batteries, and it has to be done daily. Just imagine, imagine what could be possible if your batteries felt recharged every day and you woke feeling energised rather than depleted before your feet touched the ground. So if we come full circle, just to close this out, according to psychology, self-care lowers your stress levels, which, would you believe, in turn motivates you to invest intentionally more often in your mental and physical resources and realise even greater benefit in this space. So the more you care for yourself, the more motivated you are to care for yourself, which means the more energy you put back into your system, which takes us back to this beautiful space where we started. Self-care is the roadmap 
to living your best life, my friend. I hope this week was really helpful. Until next time, beautiful humans, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.